Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the On Texas Football Tuesday Night Live stream. I'm your host, Blake Monroe, where I'm joined each and every week by Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton, both of On3 and InsideTexas.com. And uh, guys, I mean, there's just so much going on. I don't even know where to begin. But Bobby, let's start with what's happening right now. And that's practice, practice, practice. And I know you had a story up on Inside Texas this morning, some team notes. What are what are some of the interesting takeaways that you're hearing right now? Well, from the story itself, we talked a little bit about Jade Barron's health. Uh, the uh, uh, star position player on defense for the Longhorns has been bothered by a, a knee injury this spring or this fall, excuse me. Uh, but it's more lingering. It's not anything structural uh, at this point that they're aware of. They've looked into it deeply. Uh, but he's he, whether you want to call it a bruise, strain, whatever you want to call it, uh, he's dealing with a little something in his knee right now. Outside of that, uh, I've been told uh, by numerous people that Jalen Catalan is going to be a difference maker for the Longhorns. Uh, the young uh, red shirt, or not red shirt, uh, uh, portal transfer, sorry, uh, out of Arkansas has made his uh, self known uh, in the Longhorn secondary. So he looks really good. Tavondre Sweat had a good practice uh, the other day or yesterday uh, as well. And there's just a, a lot of news going on right now, uh, Blake. The offensive line, um, you know, Cole Hudson, DJ Campbell, uh, Hayden Connor, and Neto Umiozulu. Uh, those, are, those are four guys that are going mano a mano right now for positions, uh, to four starting positions. And I want to say this, uh, one thing that's interesting about them, Blake, is I think that uh, it's going to come down a little bit to who can be reliable and know everything as far as pass protection and then who can move people in the run game. Uh, I think, you know, three of the four guys are really run blockers, first and foremost, Neto, DJ, and Cole Hudson. They can all do a little bit of everything, uh, but uh, we'll see exactly what that means for this Longhorn program. But I am telling you, uh, we're 25 days away from the first yeah. game. I uh, enjoyed all the highlights of Jamal Charles uh, <laughs> that the Texas football put out today. Uh, 216 yards, is that what it was, or 61 yards in the fourth quarter against Nebraska. I'll always remember that. Jerry saw him in high school. We both did uh, just so fast. But anyways, 25 Hammer, days Hammer, away. Hammer couldn't keep up with him, man. That's one of the few guys. The camera couldn't keep up with him? Hammer couldn't keep up with him, man. The, I mean, he's fast. They, he's probably still 4-5. Yeah. Um, but my point is, uh, you know, we're getting into, two. what is that, three weeks away? Three weeks and three, three four days. days. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm excited. I'm ready for it. Uh, receivers continue to be the talk of camp as well, guys. Yeah, it's just crazy to believe that it's that close. So close yet so far. <laughs> 25 days still seems like a lifetime, but a lot closer than we were a month ago. That's for sure. Well, Jerry, I, you already know what I'm going to ask you. <laughs> it's already all in the chat everywhere. Colin Simmons and more Colin Simmons. What's the latest? What are you hearing? Of course, he's committing Thursday. You said around 2 o'clock at Duncanville High School. But uh, what what's the latest 411 on that recruitment? Yeah, I think, look, it's it's – Thursday, 2 o'clock, around 2 o'clock. I think Caden Durham will commit first. Colin Simmons will commit second. Um, by the way, I, I want to reiterate, there were some rumors earlier in the week or weekend that DeCorian Moore, the five-star from 2025, may commit too. No, uh, that's not happening. Um, he's a five-star on his own right. He's not ready to commit anywhere yet, and um, he'll have his day when that time comes. On Colin Simmons, look, I mean, um, we're 48 hours away from this. Um, I've, 
I've maintained that um, Colin knew where he was going when he set this commitment date. I still maintain he knows where he's going. Um, and I think these recruitments always get tense. They always get fun. Um, not Maybe not for fans, uh, but for guys that cover it throughout. And I think, look, this is a recruitment that will go on past Thursday, no matter who he picks, whether it's Texas, whether it's LSU. Nobody walks away. We talk about recruiting through the whistle. We started that term here on On Texas Football and Inside Texas, but recruit through the whistle, and that's what these programs are going to do. Um, I think the communication's been very good with Texas and Steve Sarkeesian and, and the Texas staff. I think they will talk again either today or tomorrow. Texas doesn't have practice tomorrow. I think Texas will be talking to a number of their top targets tomorrow. In fact, um, I believe Wardell Mack will be one of those in his family. So uh, there's a lot going on. Uh, I think uh, there's reason to be for confidence on the Texas side. And um, I don't think LSU staff is over there thinking, man, we don't have a chance. So <laughs> I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a, a great, uh, it's been a great recruitment to follow for me. And here's why for all you guys. And I know y'all kind of jump on me, uh, joke with me on inside Texas, but look, as a Texas fan, this is what you want. This is the arena you want to be in. You want to be battling for, Let's just think about it right now. Who's Texas battling for? Colin Simmons, Dominic McKinley, Brandon Baker, Ryan Wingo, Kobe Black, Justin Wells of Inside Texas was out there at Waco Colony today. You're These are the guys you want to be battling for. You're not going to get them all, but, man, I'm going to throw it a dad gum. I mean, this is who you want to be battling for when you move to the SEC. I mean, that's the only way you're going to win in the big in the SEC, guys. Bobby, you have any thoughts? Um, no, I, I agree. First of all, this is exactly what you want to be involved in. Uh, that's that's what Texas wants to be involved in, no matter what conference they're in, right? I mean, that's that's almost irrelevant. The, the bigger picture for me, Jerry and, and Blake, is what Edmund Lee here is talking about. This is the recruitment to, that is the recruitment for this season or campaign, it seems like. While you and I know that guys out there like Alex January, DeAndre Robinson, uh, Melvin Hills on the defensive line, the guys in the secondary like Jordan Johnson-Bell, Santana Wilson, those are all big commitments for Texas, and they're, they're yes. meaningful, yes. right? But, you know, there's every so often there's one or two recruits that are like this. Uh, last year it was Arch Manning. You know, Jonte Cook was, was a big one. Anthony Hill. All of those guys happen. Uh, but every so often, there's one that catches the imagination of a lot of people. And I think the fact, the, the combination of the fact that he's the number one player in the state of Texas, or at least ranked that way this year, alongside the fact that it's at such a position of need for the Longhorns. I mean, he had 33 tackles for loss last year, guys. He's not, oh, well, he might produce a little. You yeah. know, <laughs> this guy's going to, this guy's going to, probably produce and so i i agree with the still following through the wire also edmund just so you know uh, i don't think texas or lsu no matter what the decision comes out of his mouth uh on thursday is going to give up uh and we'll see how the season goes too i, I want to add one important part to the colin simmons recruitment and you and you guys know since the first time i've really talked about him whether it's on the inside texas or when we started on texas football my first conversation with him was pretty apparent he was going to end up in the SEC. So how important is Texas move to the SEC? I don't think they're in the final two otherwise. If Texas was sitting in the Big 12 and there were no plans to go to the SEC, that's how impactful recruiting is moving to the SEC. 
there are some kids that would you could not get to the finish line with, period. In-state, out-of-state, doesn't matter. They've all grown up watching the SEC dominate college football. That has always been the number one, two, two key components I've always thought with Colin Simmons. All guys want to be pros. They want to hear their name called. They're going to be looking at that. And two, he's going to do it in the SEC. I mean, there's a reason if you look at his uh, visits. I mean, he visited how many SEC schools did he visit? Just go through the list. We'll count it. Texas. He was on campus at AM at some point. LSU, Georgia, Florida twice. Alabama, official visit this summer. He'd been on that campus before that. He's been to a number. I'm probably forgetting a couple throughout his all his recruitment. He's been to more SEC schools than anywhere else. Let's be real. I, I agree. I yeah, agree. I'm with you. Well, we got lots of questions, lots of Colin Simmons questions. Uh, before we get to those, I want to thank you, T-Boy, real quick for the super chat. He says, grown folks recruiting guys. And then, of course, Edmund Lee for that big one just a minute ago. And, uh, Bobby, before we move on, why don't you tell everybody about Energy Texas? Yeah, each and every Tuesday night uh, live stream is brought to you by Energy Texas. The folks over at EnergyTexas.com uh, give you a flex plan. Each and every month, if you have the opportunity to choose a deregulated energy company, uh, you can actually choose a flex plan that matches your needs, and you can change that plan at no additional cost. Uh, just all you have to do is uh, get up, get over to www.energytexas.com or call 855-461-1129. That's Energy Texas, Texas Electricity, done right. We appreciate them and their sponsorship each and every Tuesday night of the live stream. Uh, by um, the way, I want to, Blake, I want to hit one thing because we've yeah. got so many Colin Simmons questions. Um so people have asked about Cam Scott. Cam Scott, number two, top 25 basketball prospect in the country, commits Friday on On3 at 1 p.m. Central time. I think te- I, I, anybody that's been a member of Inside Texas knows I've been saying Texas is in a really good spot for him for a while. Um, I think Texas remains there. Alabama is your main competition. Then uh, Ole Miss, uh, Auburn, South Carolina, peripheral. But I, I think uh, Texas is a pretty good spot for Cam Scott headed in that Friday decision. Friday at one is live stream time, by the way. We'll, yep. we'll be on the air right at that time, so that'd be great. <laughs> More reason to tune in. Okay, guys, well, let's field a couple of Colin Simmons questions. We won't go super in-depth, but we do need to hit on a few. The tireless minority asks, how would you compare Colin to big-time defensive ends from the past, like Daquan Bowers, Ronald Powell, and Clowney? Okay, so I, I want to say this. Um Jadavion Clowney, to this day, I went and saw him his senior year at Rock Hill, Southeastern, and then in the Under Armour game. His first step at his size, I've never seen anything like it, ever in my years doing this, ever, ever, ever. He was a total freak at his size, and that proved out in the combine. His thing was, I just don't think he loved football enough to be the player he should have been, bottom line. But as a talent, I haven't seen one better. Uh, People were asking on Inside Texas, and – I brought up an older name just from a frame standpoint. Nobody here saying, oh, you're saying he's going to be, don't take it to a message board. Colin Simmons is built like Robert Mathis. If you're wondering what he's going to look like, is it probably a finished product physically? That six, two and a quarter, six, two and a half frame. That's going to be 245, 250 pounds. And if you look at a picture of Robert Mathis with the Colts, I really think that's what, 
Collins going to look like physically? I'm not saying he's going to be Robert Mathis, one of the top 40 pass rushers that's ever played the game. What I'm saying is people ask kind of what's a comparison, and I go to a frame comparison for him. That's the easiest comparison. Um, as a natural pass rusher, I mean, look, Colin Simmons is as is, is good as we'll find in, in our business. He really can dip and rip, man. I mean, he is quick. He is fast. He can turn the corner. He's always in balance. He can pursue. He's physical. Um, Bobby said it. You know, if you have 33 and a half tackles for lost 22 sacks as a junior against that schedule, you're elite, elite, elite. He's going to end his high school career with 50-plus sacks. Yes. I mean, just so you know, because he played also as a sophomore. Right. I mean, you know, I think that, Jerry, the one thing that I I think that Clowney had, <clears throat> Bowers was a different – he was more of a true five technique. Exactly. Three, five technique, yeah. Um, the thing that, that uh, he has – Simmons has more than Powell, for example. Um, Simmons has more closing speed, and it's that quick twitch – kind of that he had in my opinion he literally could I mean he's kind of just one of those guys that gets on you you know what I mean um Anthony Hill has that too a little bit right just from a different position uh they just get on you so quick that it changes your time to react as an offensive player that that's what above all this other stuff you know he's got the other requisite talents it's that that makes him a tick above a lot of other people in my opinion all right, this next one, and uh, Jerry, I know you have a crystal ball in for Colin Simmons, and it actually has to do with crystal balls, and maybe in general, I guess, more of a generalized question. Stephen Houston says, crystal balls are starting to drop in favor of Texas, but low confidence. While some LSU crystal balls' confidence is lowering a bit, how does that work? If it's 50%, that sounds more like a guess. LOL. <laughs> I mean, look, at that. this – for, for some people in this recruitment, uh, somebody said Colin Simmons, Von Miller. I mean, we'll see. Um, Von Miller's one of those great ones frame-wise. I can see some similarities there for sure. Um, look at the call, uh, crystal balls. I can't speak for everybody does theirs. You know, I, I, I can't speak to that necessarily. Some people put in a percentage, uh, a lower percentage, but they, you know, maybe they never put in a high, high percentage on guys. You know, that's kind of person to person. Um uh, but look, I mean, I think as far as uh, a Shea Dixon who we had on, he lowered his from 60 to 55 or 55 to 50. I can't remember, 60 to 55 today. Um, look, that means, you know, LSU's not quite as positive from what he's hearing as they were two days ago, three days ago. Um, so what, what, that's just minor changes. Um, but I, I think, uh, you know, a lot of these, a lot of times you got to listen um, to the people you're close to who you cover. And you got to trust those sources. But in our business, we kind of cross-check with everything we can. Hey, let's, right. guys, let's let's bring in Justin Wells. Uh, we got him uh, hanging out here with us, uh, ready to talk a little football. Uh, Justin, can you join us, please? How, do, how Matt? Can you make that happen? There he is. He's in. There's the crazy man. How you doing, Justin? I am cooked. It's <laughs> hot. <laughs> hey, you were out to see just. Uh, Kobe Black, young man out of Waco Connolly today. Tell us a little bit about what's going on there. Real quick, though, Bobby, can I make one comment? I, I was watching some of the, the Colin Simmons segment and Jerry kind of summarizing everything. Can I can I make, can I add one tidbit on Colin? I caught up I caught up with uh, a source earlier today 
who's told me he he reiterated that he thinks Colin has known where he's going to go for a month and he's yep. not changing from that. Yeah. And that was a few hours ago. And so I know there's been a lot of movement throughout. I've been on the road all day, so I, I haven't been able to see as much that's been going on. But, you know, catching up with Jerry earlier and some other guys at Inside Texas, I've reached out to a few sources and my main guy says, hey, this guy, this kid's still known where he's going to go for over a month now. So I thought that was interesting 48 hours out. Got it. Uh, what about Kobe Black, <laughs> young man out of uh, Waco Connolly that you got to see today? He's announcing his top five soon. Is that correct? What, yes, yes. There? Very. It's very soon. As a matter of fact, it's going to be a top five. It'll be coming out real quick. Uh, Texas is certainly in the mix with a handful of other schools. I think Texas and Texas A&M are the two schools in this in this race right now. I, I think LSU's the sleeper. There's something about Baton Rouge that he likes. There's something about LSU that he likes, and I do feel like he's still going to take that visit. Um, you know, Kobe's one of those. I know his family kind of has 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 hinted to him. Would you prefer, uh, you know, going ahead and committing now and getting it over with and enjoying your senior year? You're going to enroll early. Ah, you can see my new Kobe black photo put up on there. Um, but Kobe is in no hurry. Kobe is in, he is the elite, most five stars, they get anxious. There's anxiety. They have all these things going on. Kobe is as cool as the other side of the pillow. He is in no rush. He wants to see football games in Alabama. He wants to go up to Oregon and watch a football game. So it's going to be, remains to be seen when, when he's ready to make a decision. He doesn't know yet, but he will have a top five coming out real soon. We'll have quotes on each school when it does get released. I think Texas remains in a great spot, and I think Texas A&M is the other other team that you're going to have to watch out for. He's built a really good relationship with Coach Rushing, and I feel like the in-state powers are, are the two in the lead right now. Got it. All right, that's going to be it for Justin. Uh, Justin, you get back on the road. I know you're parked right now. Uh, appreciate your time. Parked and parched. Parked and parched. <laughs> parked hey, and parched, yes. Hey, here, here's a couple quick notes. Kobe Black is now 6'2", 200 pounds. He has he's gotten bigger, guys, and he's playing safety this year. He's gonna they moved him back to safety instead of corner, and so I, I'm gonna be interested. He moved really well today. He looked good at that size. He kind of he's like he looks a little bit like Jelani McDonald did last year, just a hair shorter. But man, Kobe is filled out. He looks outstanding, and I think Texas is in a good spot. All right, thanks, Justin, for your time, man. Appreciate you making you the special effort. Thank right, you, Justin. Safe Take drives care. back, man. That was good. That's good stuff. I love I love to bring guys in when they've been on the road during the day uh, because that's that's something that uh, matters. It's getting out, out there and getting that first-hand information. Jerry, by the way, you're going to be in Duncanville on Thursday for this announcement. I am. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll <laughs> definitely be tying into you during that as well. Uh, it's going to be a crazy 48 hours around here. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm planning on making a couple other stops in Dallas before that. So um, – yeah, it's going to be a fun day Thursday. Uh, so, Peter DeGreat, yes, we will be there. Yeah, There you go. Yeah, I thought, hey, can we, hey, can we bring up that Kobe Black uh, profile again real quick? Matt? I thought it was funny how AM's 2%, but keep going, sorry. Yeah, that's not real. I mean. <laughs> I, I don't, no, I was just, I was, you know, the 2%er yeah. joke. Yeah, 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 you got it. <laughs> oh, the, the Aggies are the, call everybody else 2%ers. That's right. <laughs> yeah. All right. I get it now. We're moving on. <laughs> I was slow. All right, guys, we got some super chats that we need to catch up on real quick. So let's hit some of those. Jimmy Trevino, thank you, sir. He says, if we land three to four more five stars, where would we stand? 
Yeah, so let's break down this. I always break it down, but we have so many new subscribers and listeners every every time we have a show. I've maintained Texas will sign a top 10 class third in a row. What happens from there is how many five stars they land. You know, they're really in on five five-star players right now. Colin Simmons, Kobe Black, the two we mentioned, Dominic McKinley's committing September 1st, uh, Ryan Wingo, Brandon Baker, maybe sometime September, October. They're in on five five-star players. How many of those guys you land will ultimately tell you where you're at in the rankings? That's just the way it goes. Texas is going to have a really good class, but where the class rankings kind of filter from one through five, six is how many of those five stars you have and how big your class is. Well, the number one class is spoken for. I think number two is not a 100% lock, but a pretty good spot. I mean, Texas literally have to run the table to finish two. Uh, but I think Texas has a chance, depending on how many of those guys they get, to finish anywhere from three to five. And so we'll see how that plays out. Look, you could get three of them. You could get none of them. We'll have to see. I don't think Texas is going 0 for 5. Um, but how many of those guys you get combined with some really, really good players, as Bobby mentioned in this class already, is going to kind of dictate where the uh, class ranking finishes. And so here's the thing. Here's the reality. Texas has a chance. We'll see what, what these guys do for three straight top five classes. All right, this next one is from Z from the T. And he says, you got the Mega Millions numbers. Well, I got my ticket, so y'all will never hear from me again if I win. <laughs> well, I might have a good buy live stream. I don't know. No, I might be in Duncanville. I will keep doing this. I'll just be on the road more. And we're, we'll make this a lot of fun. <laughs> You'll be on your private jet. Is what yeah, you're net, we're going net jets to see KJ Lacey and then on to see DeAndre Robinson. And we'll, we'll, we'll be like a PGA Tour player traveling around. Well, if that's the case, Jerry, then Opethian with his super chat will definitely want you to say yes because he says, does Jerry need a protege? I'm ready to hit the road. Man, I think that'd actually be a lot of fun. I I, I was kind of jealous, like Chris Del Conte's trip up to uh, uh, Minneapolis. Yeah, yes, <laughs> that actually looked like a lot of fun. So you never know, maybe. <laughs> All right, we're gonna do one more super chat, guys. This one from Poke Casino. Want to thank Poke, and he says, "Do we know how many games will be shown on the Longhorn Network?" P.S. Hook them. I know Ooh. it's. Two, isn't it? Is, is it, it typically two? Wyoming in a one, conference game? Yeah, one conference and one non-conference. Um, you know, it used to always be the Kansas game if the Kansas game was at home. But given that Kansas is actually better this year, I don't know if that's still going to be the one. Um, so typically two, uh, Poke. I don't, I don't know that they've named them yet because ABC reserves the rights to the game of the week. So I don't know that they all, always uh, name the uh, – uh, out of conference one or the in conference one until later. All right, guys. Well, we were talking about Kobe Black just a second ago. And this question from James JJ, I know you kind of talked to him about it earlier, Jerry, in the chat yeah. before it began, but he says Wardell Mack, Black, or Gibson, who has the most upside? You know, I, and I answered this question was I think that's kind of up in the air for these guys because uh, they're all three really good prospects. For there to be like a huge differential, we're talking a Patrick Peterson level guy where you're just like, hands down, he's the guy. These guys are all really good prospects. Um, I think they all have some similar traits. Kobe Black's the physically the biggest of them. All three of these guys, as Justin Wells now said with Kobe Black, will have also played corner and safety in high school. So there's a lot of similarities to those. Black physically is the biggest guy. Gibson has the best track times of the group. 
Um, Wardell Mack may have the best ball skills of the group. So I think it's kind of a toss-up, um, you know, where where these guys go because they're th- all three top 100-level pro- players in the country. But neither, none, none of them is Patrick Peterson where Bobby Burton just says, oh, that's the guy, and, you know, move on, next question. Yes. Yeah, that, I, there are those guys. I mean, there are. I just want to say this. I mean, go look at Santana Wilson. Yeah. Just, fellas, go turn on the tape on Santana Wilson when you get a chance. Tell me what you don't like about him, and that, that'll be something new to me. Uh, because he can run, he's got long arms, he's got ball skills, and he's got a pedigree. I look. I, I think Texas recruited extremely well to this point. Uh, we got to see who they close yes. with, and you know, I, I feel like given that Corey Gibson's gone to Clemson, Texas is focused solely on Wardell Mack and Kobe Black at this point, along with uh, the commitment of Santana Wilson already. You know, I don't think I, I don't think Texas feels bad about where they're at at cornerback right now no. at all. Um, and so I, I feel like they're they're in pretty good shape right now. To Bobby's point, I mean, we're I was kind of we were talking about this today. Think about the interviews we've had of guys that committed to Texas. How impressive all those guys are. Jordan Johnson Rebel's interview was unbelievable, right? We had Alex January on uh, earlier in the week, but Santana Wilson, uh, KJ Lacey, a 2025 quarterback. But the guys in this class, Jarrett Gibson. All the guys, DeAndre Robinson, we've had so many of these commitments. Parker Livingstone. Parker Livingstone. Come on with us. And I'm I'm, I'm forgetting, guys. I mean, uh, almost everybody's come on with us, and they've all been really, really impressive to talk to. And they kind of it kind of fits that, okay, yeah, you're a talented football player, but it also kind of speaks to a lot of the things Steve Sarkeesian has been talking about with his culture. Jordan Washington, Daniel Cruz, Jordan Nate Washington. Kibble. Yeah, you yeah. go, Nate Kibble. They've Jordan had- Washington was one of the funnier interviews, if those haven't seen that. Yeah, Melvin Hills. Hey, Melvin. The, the, the point is that, that I'm I'm okay. Uh, like, I, I think that Texas needs to be focused on Colin Simmons right now. I'm not uh, – Dominic McKinley as well from Lafayette. Th- those guys, they, they've got to get ready uh, on the front end for the SEC. There, there's just no doubt about that. And uh, we talked to Tom Luganville yesterday, and he said that's the difference between that, – that's the difference really between Georgia and TCU. It wasn't necessarily – Quentin Johnston went in the first round, Jerry. Yeah. They had four or five guys. I mean, it was the it was the offense and defensive line that was the difference in that game as much as anything. And you could see it in Kirby's eyes before – in his interview before the game. Yeah, yeah. But my, my point being, that's why there's so much focus right now on those guys. And uh, at the same time, I mean, we'll see how it all plays out. I, I think this is a interesting time because Texas, like we said, 25 days away from football season – two days away from finding out about Colin Simmons and other guys on the hook. This is going to be interesting for Steve Sarkeesian uh, the next three weeks. Okay, well, let's jump over to some team-related questions for a moment. Uh, Jarrett Johnson says, assuming all are 100% healthy, who's the biggest vertical threat wide receiver on the team, Mitchell or Worthy? Uh, neither. That'd be that'd be Isaiah Nair. Simple I mean, I, I'm not trying to <laughs> – <laughs> um, Mitchell, Mitchell, Nayor is faster straight line than Mitchell. Just so correct. people correct. understand, correct. Um, he's not quite as fast as Worthy, but Worthy can get knocked off his route more easily. Um, so, you know, does that mean Mitchell and Worthy can't make it deep? Well, Worthy was behind enough people last year to show that he can get deep. 
Whether or not he can come up with catches is a different st- story, right? Mitchell, that's what he did at, at Alabama is catch 50-50 balls over the shoulder like a champ. I mean, so I, I they, they're I'm, guys, I can't tell y'all how impressed I am with the receivers. It it's ridiculous. I mean, I, I talked to someone today again about it, and it they, they, we've never seen anything like it at Texas. I hope my hope, main hope is what Steve Sarkeesian said in the presser on Sat on can't remember, I think Friday night. Uh I hope that Quinn can be the distributor. As long as that quarterback who, you know, it's Quinn can be the distributor, they're going to be in a good position on offense. And, and obviously, I, obviously I can't comment on that question because if I don't say John Tayco, if you T boys, he's going to berate me. So I'm out on that question. Next question. <laughs> Next question is a super chat from Ken Ward. And he says, like Bobby, I'm most excited to see the receivers go off this fall. But what's the next group you're excited about? For me, if the defensive back play steps up, it can really affect the defense overall. Um, I, for me, I would I would say I think the defense overall is a good one. Um, because I based on what I'm hearing with Jalen Catalan, he he could change the defense, guys. Because he can cause turnovers and he can be a tremendous in run support. Okay. That changes the complexion of that defense. That's what Pete Kwiatkowski had at Washington. Correct. That made Washington a top 10 defense or so, um, is those elite defensive backs. So I think that's probably one overall. Um, as a position, I still say that cornerback is probably the, the second most talented position on the team at this point, along with, along with experience. The combination of experience slash talent. I, 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 mine is offensive line just for the fact that I think there's a lot of competition there. And since there's going to be a rotation there, I'm excited to kind of watch this play out on the field. Um, that competition at guard, right? How is Cam Williams coming along as a tackle? He's working at right and left tackle. They're easy. These guys are going to be in a rotation this year. So that excites me because I think that's a real chance to develop younger players get those guys on the field compete for jobs in game and really have the makings of a great offensive line year one in the sec because you're gonna have a lot of experienced players on that line hey i want to blake out before we get to that one i want to get to a question on the inside texas message board if you don't mind okay uh this comes from native texan there seems to be a ton of different opinions on the teams in it or out front in the mckinley recruitment can you break down that and how you guys feel about Texas there? Jerry, for you. Yeah, it, it, interesting recruitment, right? I mean, coming out of the June um, official visits, uh, you know, we were talked about, reported multiple times that uh, we felt like Texas and Oklahoma, based on who we talked to, were the top two. I think that's remained to be the case. Uh, obviously, LSU got him on campus um, in July, um, and they've tried to close that gap. You know, around the Acadiana High program, I still don't think there's a lot of confidence he ends up at LSU. That doesn't mean in December things don't change, but if you're committing September 1, I don't think that'd be the pick around the Acadiana High program. Um, I, I think there's a little bit of confidence on the Texas side there. You know, what's interesting is Ohio. you hear that Ohio State thinks they have a chance, maybe a little bit. I, but that's a long way from Lafayette, Louisiana. So we'll see on that. Um the question there, I think, look, I've, I've kind of broke it down. I think what Texas has going for them in the recruitment 
and I have not put in a pick or I'm not saying this is going Texas way to be clear. Um, but I think what Texas has going for them in the recruitment is a really strong combination of academics and football. Mom's a tw- year going into year 24 in education, longtime teacher that's now over uh, a number of teachers in the Cadiana, Lafayette Parish, whichever one that is there. Um, I think so. You know, I always go back to when I talk to her at Berkshire Airport when the McKinley family was leaving uh, the official visit to Texas. She straight up, I you know, I said, well, what do you think of the visit? Well, the, the APR and the D line's gone up since Sark's been at Texas. I just kind of said, okay, well, you know, that, that we we know how important academics are. That's not the answer you normally get. Um, so that's they're very academics are very important there. I think with Oklahoma, I think Todd Bates does a good job, and Bo Davis does a good job as well. I think Todd Bates is the singular focus for Oklahoma in that recruitment. Um, and that need for defensive linemen. I know Texas fans are like, we have to have defensive linemen. Oklahoma needs them a lot worse headed into SEC. Okay, Texas is more SEC ready on the defensive line than Oklahoma. That's why you're seeing that emphasis in, in this class from Oklahoma, almost like it's the only position. Um, so I think that Todd Bates has done a good job in that recruitment. Um, I, you know, I think AM's in the mix, but I just haven't heard enough to put them up there with Oklahoma and Texas as the top two. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if if a sleeper does emerge like Ohio State, but that'd be a long way away from his family. All right, guys, we have another super chat here. This one from Roberto Weller, and he says, uh, thank you, Roberto, by the way. Nick Saban <laughs> likes to hurt our quarterbacks in the first quarter. Should Sark start Charles Wright for that game this season and put Quinn in in the second? No. No. Hey, what is GTQ? That's not U.S. dollars. That's Guatemalan Quetzal. Oh, awesome. I've never been there. Roberto, thanks for the, the super chat. Um, you know, I, I he does like to hurt QBs, period, not just Texas. Um, but uh, I think Texas has to go uh, into Tuscaloosa full throttle. I, I just think they have to. Um I continually hear good things about the backup quarterbacks, by the way. Texas has three quarterbacks that, that they think they can play with right now. Charles Wright's not one of them. But the, the, the reality of it is, is that I think Steve Sarkeesian feels really, really good about his quarterback room. Um, David Williams has a question I want to answer because he's asked a few. How similar do you think Anthony Hill is to Sergio Kendall? They both played MLB running back as recruits. Kendall's 6'4", Hill is 6'3". Um, I, I think I, I agree with you. Kendall is a more explosive athlete, David Williams. And off the edge, he's a Colin Simmons level athlete. I mean, I think Hill's more of a natural linebacker. I think he's good at, that just plays downhill really where I think you well, you can move him around. He's going to find the football. He's going to get the quarterback or the running back to the ground. Um, I see him more versatile than Sergio Kendall. And that's not a knock on Sergio Kendall. I just think Anthony Hill's more of a natural linebacker. His whole, to me, when I look at Anthony Hill, looking down the road is his draft status is going to be not his just his ability to play downhill, but his ability to play in space a little bit in coverage. If if he does that well, uh, maybe not freshman year be asked to do that as much, but his his second and third year at Texas, he has a shot. But I do see them different. I don't know about you, Bobby. I think he's further along in his development at the same time yeah, than Sergio player. Kendall was. Yeah. So I remember when I, I was at the very first practice Sergio Kendall had at Texas and um, saw him as a freshman in high school. And he was just correct. He's an electric athlete. He was. Um, 
the issue, he just he he really needed some seasoning once he got to Texas in the weight room, getting used to being at a big time program because he came out of a a, a program that does not send many uh, players to to D one. Uh, Kendall didn't, uh, but Hill Hill was a little bit more ready uh, because of where he came from, I think. Um, and I will tell you that. Um, I think Anthony Hill has a little bit wider wingspan than Sergio Kendall too. If I remember, just thinking about him after seeing them both, uh, both really, really good, really talented players. I mean, they they were both five stars and deserved it. That's uh, yeah. That's the best. That's the best way I can put when I think somebody's very talented. They're a five star and they deserve it. That's 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 about all you can say. Hey, my best Sergio Kendall story was I went to watch him his senior year. And he took the first carry and ran over three guys. And guys, <laughs> I, and I'm not joking, guys did not want to hit him after that. They did not want any of that smoke, as pe- as we say nowadays. None. He he loved Savion Red is a little bit similar, but much smaller. Right. He loved to put the knee in the face mask. Yes, and he yeah. did on that first carry, and I was like, oof. I was on the sidelines. I was like, ooh, that didn't sound good for that kid. <laughs> he had no problem doing that. No. No problem. Oh, man. All right, guys. Well, before we move on, Bobby, I'm going to let you tell everybody about Energy Texas again. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Blake. Uh, Energy Texas is uh, electricity done right. It's for yeah. Texans by Texans. Uh, go to www.energytexas.com or call them at 855 461 one one two nine. They have a special going on right, right now called a flex plan. Each and every month, you can change your energy plan at no additional cost. That's no additional cost each and every month. That'll be very helpful coming up in the months ahead. Uh, to take advantage of it, go to www.energytexas.com and sign up now. Yes, big thank you to those guys for sure. Okay, guys, John Campbell, he says, Jerry, you had an article on IT about who the next Longhorn from the state of Florida might be. Can you familiarize us with the guys outside of Solomon Williams that you mentioned? Yeah, the 2025 guys. Uh, there's three guys that Texas really likes in 2025 in Florida. That's a Brandon Brown, defensive lineman out of O'Galley in Melbourne. Um, I'll be there. I'll be through the, this season to see him. He's in that Byron Murphy mold. He's six foot, six foot and a half, 275 pounds, but he's explosive now. He understands leverage. He's strong. I call it country strong. Um, he is a really athletic, explosive guy that's going to win leverage battles, that's going to be a disruptive player. Look, he's got some connections to Florida. Texas offered him. I, I can't believe it was March or April. Bo Davis was by there. I know that from the O'Galley staff in May. Um, I, he, Texas is working to get him on campus this season, possibly for a game. That's kid out of O'Galley, defensive tackle, really good player. There's another D tackle, John Simon, out of Jacksonville Range, who Texas offered a little more recently. He's about 6'2 270. Another one of those really athletic defensive linemen out of the Sunshine State that physically has a lot he can still add to his frame. He's going to be a 300-pound guy. Look, both these guys have all the SEC offers, right? I mean, they're going to make all those visits. Brandon Brown went through a uh, run in July, late July, that last week of July, visited Alabama, um, Auburn, FSU, Georgia, uh, Miami, people like that. Um, so he's – He's made all the visits. Uh, Simon's made all the visits at Reigns. Then there's DJ Pickett. Um, he's now at Carrollwood Day, where Solomon Williams is. He was at Zephyr Hills, Zephyrus Hills, 
as a sophomore. He is a 6'2", 175-pound safety. It's one of the best safeties in the country. He made an unofficial visit in March. Texas offered him. Jeff Banks offered him in 2021. Now it's Banks and Blake Gideon in that recruitment since Pickett uh, made a visit to Texas. But, look, Pickett's literally visited every Blue Blood program in the country. There's a long way to go. But those are 325s that Texas really likes in Florida. They will offer more guys this season. Hey, Jerry, i got to ask you this. You said Pickett from Zephyr Hills. Is that any relation to Ryan Pickett? Because I, I went back in the day, I went by Zephyr Hills High School. This was 20, 25 years ago. Ryan Pickett, big defensive tackle that signed with Ohio State, was at Zephyr Hills. I, I believe that he is related to him, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know when, I don't know if it's son or what, but he is, I, he is related. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, let's move on. We got another super chat here, guys. This one from William Niche, and he's thank you, William. By the way, he says, "Is there anything you believe that Sark or the coaching staff needs to improve on this season during games?" I think that the if I were to say if I had a um, critique of uh, Steve Sarkeesian, it's too many three and outs. Um, and what I what I mean. He, Texas just can't have those and be a consistent offense uh, like they want to be. Um, so what does that mean? I think he needs better quarterback play. I think he needs to be more reliable or be more uh, rely more on his backs out of the backfield and just moving the ball instead of going for the jugular. I think he had such success at Alabama going for the jugular that it it, it gets it gets attractive because if you can just step on someone's throat, you do it. <laughs> that's that's what football's about. Um, but he hasn't had that type of team at Texas. Uh, and so I want to see them not start a third quarter with a three and out. That, that, that's, if I had to say any one thing, it's that third quarter, first series. I'd like to see that be consistently a score for Texas. That, and that's Bob, my, and, Bob, that's and Bobby's pointed this out with the clock running on first downs. Going three and out matters even more now. Mm-hmm. You know, shortens you, the game. Shortens the game. Um, you know, and so having more consistent drives is big. Um, I talked to a Power Five assistant coach this weekend that thought that thinks a running team that controls the clock can actually take two possessions away from an opponent if that opponent has enough three and outs. To Bobby's point, three and outs are really going to hurt you with that clock run on first downs now. Definitely. All right, this one for you, Bobby, from Justin Yarbrough. And thank you, Justin. He says, Bobby, any more updates on the team from practice? Because he's just now getting on. And Bobby and Jerry, who are y'all's picks for guys that y'all didn't think would go to Texas, but actually committed and went? Oh, wow. Um, So quickly, Jade Barron's fighting a knee injury. It is not a serious one, we don't believe. It's not structural. Uh, he's just got a ling- lingering knee pain at this point. Other than that, the team is healthy. That was another big emphasis uh, to me. Uh, also, uh, Jalen Catalan has played very well and showed uh, the ability to, to be a difference maker uh, for Texas, a big one. Uh, Tavondre Sweat had a nice practice uh, on Monday. Uh, it is now, isn't it Tuesday now? I can't even remember anymore. <laughs> it is. Um, my, my, my point being uh, on all of this, Texas, Texas looks good overall. The receiver group is good. Um, not, not, not too much more from practice. They're, they're on the field right now, I believe. Yes, that's uh, good. Yeah, and so we'll, we'll probably have some more news and notes in the morning or, or in the afternoon tomorrow. 
Um, as far as the guy that went to Texas that I didn't think was going to go to Texas, I've got one for y'all. Lamar Houston. That's a good one. Lamar Houston. I, I saw him at, at the Fort Worth Nike camp way back in the day before he committed to Texas. I thought he was going, he was from the Bay area. So I thought he was going back to California. I thought he's going to go to USC or UCLA, maybe Washington and uh, nope, Texas. I thought that was a big, and that, that ended up being a guy that helped, you know, steer that defensive line towards a national championship game appearance. Um, one that came came to mind for me was Jermichael Finley, who we had on this show. And the reason for that is he was an AAU basketball guy committed to Arizona, which was big in with Houston hoops, the Houston hoops connection with the Pastor family, uh, Josh being out at Arizona at the time. Even though it was Mac Brown, the best recruiter I've ever been around, I still wondered because of the AAU basketball connections with Houston Hoops to Arizona if Texas could actually get that one done. So sometimes it's just not a football recruitment. It's the basketball-football combination recruitment. That was one that just – I'm sure there's a lot, but that one just came to my mind pretty quick. All right, let's. Uh, this is another team-related question. This one from Bristol Wilhelm, and he says, "I know we have heard Bendo will likely earn a starting linebacker role this year. What are his strengths and weaknesses, and how would you compare him to recent linebackers for UT?" Well, his strengths um, are that he fits the linebacker profile. He's an off-ball linebacker. Uh, his weaknesses have been diagnosis um, and taking the wrong, taking the wrong route to the football. Uh, and so that, that's been his issue. He's been, uh, he, he tends to fall, uh, prey to some, some eye candy at times. Uh, and he hasn't necessarily been the best in space, uh, outside the tackle box. So those are his strengths and weaknesses. I do think he, I think, I think he loves football. I think he plays hard. Um, I think he just has to play better. That's, that's comparing him to a recent linebacker. I don't, I don't know. I mean, like, He's not Anthony Wheeler, for example. Anthony Wheeler was – he's faster than Anthony Wheeler, but Anthony Wheeler seemed to have a little bit of a nose for the ball. Um, Benda is almost the exact opposite on that. Not not in a negative way, just what he's shown thus far as a linebacker. Jerry, anything to add to that? Um, I, let me think on recent linebackers. That's a tough one for me. All right, we'll move on. We'll circle back. Uh, Emmanuel Villafranco says, now that y'all have seen Jonathan Brooks in person again, how many yards do you predict he racks up? He's healthy all year, 1,200. Yeah, I I mean, I think he goes over Um, 1,000. And he looks great physically. I mean, he looks like a guy who's been in college now over two years. I mean, this is the strongest he's looked. And he's always been a strong player. Uh, But – just people have to remember that guy played 80, 90 snaps in high school, played multiple sports at a small town school. So that's a year away from really starting to, to see that physical growth um, and maturity. And I think he really looks good physically right now. I like how he's running through drills, Jerry. Yeah. A lot of attention, high attention to detail. Uh, real quick, Blake, Cam Scott commits Friday at 1 p.m. on on three. Uh, YouTube channel, Cam Scott, the uh, top 25 uh, ranked basketball player in the country. Uh, and I like Texas chances. There you go. Well, while we're on the subject of that, Jerry, I'm just going to go ahead and ask you from Callum G, update on basketball recruiting. Yeah, I mean, that they got six, five, six guys scheduled for official visits in uh, September. Um, 
that is, uh, you know, we'll see when Cam Scott uh, comes back to visit. Um, but Trey Johnson's talking about an official visit. They're working on the date. Uh, they have a Nick Cody power uh, for that's September 17th, Robert Miller for the 23rd. Curtis Givens, a big-time point guard out of Mount Verdon, Memphis, is the first weekend in September for the Rice game. Then they have a couple other guys as well in that group. Liam McNeely will probably take an official visit. Asa Newell, five-star power forward, will visit the 9th, 10th of September, but Texas is a long shot there. Uh, Texas is going to get their top guys on campus, and they're looking at a class of three, maybe four. Okay, well, we got a lot more Super Chats lined up, guys, that we need to knock out. Oh, uh, man, this first one from Mike Gosnell. Thank you, Mike. He says, has Texas shut the door on recruiting Micah Hudson? It's been quiet on that front for quite some time. Steve Sarkeesian doesn't shut the door. No. <laughs> Not on guys he thinks are great players, unless the, guy, unless the guy's done something to piss him off. And I don't think I, I don't think Hudson, other than uh, liking another school more than Texas at this point, we believe, has done anything to, to do that. So I, I just don't – I don't think – I think Sark is, I said this earlier today, I think he's what you see is what you get. If he likes you, he likes you. If he doesn't, he doesn't. He liked Micah Hudson. He's going to stay after him. Yep. I agree. They still continue to have conversation, communication, uh, and Texas will recruit him through the whistle, but Texas Tech's a heavy favorite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Well, we've had a, a few Brandon Baker questions. So this next super chat's regarding that. And uh, Doug Dotson, thank you, Doug. He said, Steve Wiltfong put in a pick for Texas on Baker today. And I had not had as much hope for Baker as I do for others. So I was pleasantly surprised. What are your thoughts on Baker? I don't think he put in a pick. I could be wrong. I've been on the move today. Um, but I, 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 I think he's kind of said kind of what we've hinted at, that Texas has a really good shot at Brandon Baker. Um, look, I think it's Texas, Ohio State, Oregon. He's got that visit scheduled in Nebraska September 16th. Texas is going to try to get him back on campus that September 30th weekend when his teammate and four-star guard DeAndre Carter makes his official visit to Texas. Uh, but, look, I think Texas has done a really good job with the family there. I think he's, uh, Brandon's been on campus twice, spring game and then the June official visit. I think he feels comfortable in, at, at Texas. Uh, one of the things to watch with the recruitment um, headed down the stretch is does he get back on campus at Oregon? He did not go that last weekend in July. Now, Modern Day started their season. They had some team activities, so he didn't go anywhere that least week last weekend in July, to my knowledge. Um, but does he get back on campus? Now that they can sell the Big Ten a little bit more, can they get him back on campus? But right now, I think Texas has as good a shot as anybody. Or better. Uh -huh. 
Now then, we have another one from Ted Price, and thank you, Ted. He says, I'm thinking the SEC will give Texas road games at Tennessee <laughs> and at Ole Miss in 25 just to turn that Manning hike up, hype up to 1,000. Throw in at LSU just for fun. Hadn't even thought of that. That's fun. <laughs> That's a pretty good thought there, Ted Price. Yeah, I was talking about the Texas – I'll talk a little bit about the Texas quarterbacks because this is a good opportunity. I, I mentioned them briefly earlier uh, in the program. Um, look – uh, Arch had a really good practice yesterday. Um, Malik Murphy continues to impress. Uh, Quinn Ewers is, you know, he's trying to be the distributor they want while also staying true to what he is, you know. So uh, I, I think that I do think, and, and Jerry and I have talked about this, as Quinn Ewers in the quarterback room goes, so goes the Texas Longhorns this year. Because all they need to do, all that quarterback needs to do is be a really good distributor of the football. He does not have to hit home runs. He needs to hit the open guy. After that, I mean, they've got dudes that can that can make people miss. We, we talked about all those receivers. Didn't even mention Jatavian Sanders. Right. <laughs> so they've got guys, guy. Uh, period. Somebody asked about the Beaumont United offensive tackle. I want to mention that Weston Davis committed to Texas A&M. Offensive coordinator over there um, um, is a former Texas player, uh, fullback, a friend of Vince Young. Um, Albert Hardy. Albert Hardy. I knew it was Hardy forgetting it. Um, but Texas is interested in Weston Davis. We'll see if they can get him on campus. Texas wants to sign two tackles. Brandon Baker seen as a right tackle. Texas would like to get a left tackle prospect in this class as well. So we'll see if they can get him on campus during the season. I find it hard to believe they can't get him on campus. Now that then it gets to can you actually flip the guy for man and we'll see. Well, Bobby, you talked about Texas quarterbacks, but Forrest Eldridge has a question about opposing quarterbacks. And he says the last two years, PK has let opposing quarterbacks get too comfortable in the second half, especially on third down. Do you think that gets addressed this year? Well, I, I would agree with you. And I think that Steve Sarkeesian agrees with you. Um, and uh, PK uh, came up to the mic on Tuesday of last week, a week ago today, uh, and essentially said, look, uh, I've got a, I've got four things I'm trying to improve this year. Turnovers, third down, fourth down, and uh, sacks. We want to have – we want to actually complete the play behind the line of scrimmage. As it relates to third down, and this is specific, I've talked to Ian about this and Paul Wadlington and some other guys. What we believe they're going to do is they're going to play a little bit more man because they're not so worried about Deshaun Jameson getting bodied up in the open field and some guy taking a slant on him uh, because you've got Terrence Brooks. that's a little bit bigger. You've got Gavin Holmes. that's a little bit faster. So I think you're going to see, I don't think you're going to see a lot of rotating off uh, coverage seven yards deep on like you did on third down with Deshaun Jamison a lot last year. And, and add in the fact that Ryan Watts is back for a year. Jalen Catalan's back there. Jaron Thompson's back starting. Jade Barron's starting. They've got a lot of guys in the secondary that can do that have some know-how. And I think that will help them on third down, as should an improved pass rush. And I think they're going to have that. Well, talking about the secondary, Bobby, um, Emmanuel Villafranco says we're going to see tighter coverage from the corners this season, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. Well, I mean, I, that's why they went and got Gavin Holmes in the in the transfer portal. 
they're not going to play off that much off coverage with the the, the field field corner this year, like they did with with Deshaun James. And you got a young guy like Manny Mahavan. When he gets in, he knows how to stay attached. Yeah, I mean, I, you just, they're not going to do that. Nope. And I and I think that will help them on third down as much or more than anything. All right, guys. Well, let's move on. Uh, this question from Jay the Activist, and he's wanting to know about Anthony Hill. And he says, how does Hill compare to Reuben Foster? Okay, so Reuben Foster is as hard a hitter as I've ever seen in person. Like, scary level hard hitter. Um, Reuben Foster is a compact guy. I believe more like 6'1", 245, 250 in the NFL. That guy was a straight-up hammer. I mean, he was a hit stick. Um, I think they're a little different. Now, Reuben Foster is a hell of an athlete, too. I think Anthony Hill's going to be a better pass rusher than Reuben Foster. Longer. Definitely yeah. longer. Yeah. Okay. Well, Bobby, before we move on, why don't you tell everybody about Energy Texas again? Absolutely. Last time tonight, we're going to talk about them. Uh, on each and every Tuesday night live stream brought to you by Energy Texas. You can visit them at www.energytexas.com or call them at 855-461-1129. It's Texas Electricity Done done Right, uh, Energy for Texans by Texans. Right now they have a flex plan that you can change your plan each and every month. That's right. You can change your plan each and every month at no additional cost. Check them out today, www.energytexas.com. Uh, we got a question here from Stephen Houston, and he says, I've been hearing DJ Campbell is getting first-team reps at guard. Is it Connor or Hudson that he may replace as it looks right now? Well, he's been working at right guard, so it would be Cole Hudson, but that doesn't mean Cole Hudson can't cross-train at left guard eventually, too. Um, Cole Hudson's a smart guy. If 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 he were to be second team there, it's he would have just as much right to that left guard spot as, as anybody else. Um, but – I tell you, I've heard great things about Neto Umiozulu too right now. And so it's a, it, and, it, and I will say this, Hudson's also gotten first team reps at, at uh, guard. So it's not a one way street here. Um, we're waiting to see what really happens. I think the first scrimmage will be Saturday. Um, we'll, we may start knowing more after that, but I really think they're going to give them two full weeks before they, they, they really try to punch that out. All right. Okay, Jerry, this one from UT, boy. I, I You don't even – I mean, I don't even have to elaborate. You already know what it's going to be about. But he says, Jerry Hamilton, whose world is it? Be honest for life. It's, he made Bobby leave. You know, it's the best receiver to come out of Duncanville in a few years. That's whose world it is. <laughs> I mean, does De- Soto – I was about to say. I was going to see if you were going to catch yourself. You me yet. I'm a little tired. <laughs> Does Soto, the best receiver to come out of Duncanville is going to be DeCorian Moore, who <laughs> UT boy is, is may throw a few super chats at next year. Uh, he's good. That, that, and then look, he says, I, if they I, bite I his say, pu- oh, yes, I agree with this. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a Daryl Royal co- quote. If they're, if they're going to bite, if a dog's going to bite, it'll bite as a pup, was the quote. And, uh, you know, I, I, I will say this. there are There are guys that develop over time, right? And so it's not a hundred percent, but I will say, you know, you'd see Sergio Kendall, for example, we just talked about him, right? He made a couple splash plays as a freshman, Lamar Houston. We talked about him splash plays as a freshman. Those guys, they, they do tend to make a couple of splash plays as freshmen, 
they're not always the guys as freshmen, even though they're going to have a long career and, and make a lot of money in the league. All right, this next question from Santiago Agudelo says, what do y'all think is the perfect balance for having for playing time for a program between young, highly ranked kids and veteran players? I think that's a great question, Bobby, because this is a developmental sport, but this is also a guy's need to get drafted sport. And well, it's a develop, it's a develop, hey, Jerry, it's a developmental sport, especially at the ages of 18 to 22. Right. To, 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 so college football. And, and what's important in, in recruiting is there's no way around it. You recruit five-star guys, you, you want those guys to be draft picks. I mean, that's one of the reasons Nick Saban has had the run he had at Bama. His high, his five-star hit rate of draft picks is higher than anybody we've ever seen. And that is a really strong call, calling card in recruiting. A lot of money. Yes. That's that's what the reality of it is. I think that uh, – so I've d- actually done some work on this before. Uh, work, I use the term loosely because it's fun for me. But um, it's about 85-15. Uh, is what you want. You want two to three guys to contribute on offense, two to three guys to contribute on defense in a meaningful way. Um, that being said, uh, you know, that is only true freshmen. I'm not talking about redshirt freshmen or anybody else. Everything else is upperclassmen as far as you're concerned in some ways uh, because they at least have one-year experience on the uh, on the roster. This next question, I think, is a good one. And, Bobby, it's actually directed to you, and it's from Topher. And he says, can you compare this team to previous Texas training camp teams as far as your confidence and their ability to be a good team? I know we aren't 2005, but what about 2008 or 2009 teams? Um, So there were a lot of expectations in 05 and 09. The expectations were not as high in 08, coming off the Alamo Bowl win against Iowa. Um, at the same time, they had guys, had some talent uh, we knew. Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't know that I would say that it's, it's huge right now um, because 05 had Vince Young returning after winning a Rose Bowl. 08 and 09 had a two- and a three-year starter coming back in Colt McCoy. I don't I don't think that the like I don't think that the expectations this year are 05, 08, 09 levels. I don't I wouldn't say they're not 04 levels to a degree though. That that might be more realistic. All right. Well, we're gonna go on a run of some super chats here, guys, because they are stacking up this one from Freelance Society. He said, I watched Jamal Charles and Trevor Gerland run 110 meter hurdles in high school. Trevor almost beat Jamal Charles. Also, what do you think of the coaches poll? <laughs> I, I thought what's interesting at coaches poll is I, I want to say this. I kind of laughed off Jim Harbaugh's we're going to have 20 draft picks. <laughs> but then I saw something where they have 12 upper class with NFL grades. So um, I think this may be the best team he's had at Michigan. Oh, it year. is. It uh, is. With the best quarterback he's had. Yeah. I mean, so I, I might would have Georgia – one is, and they've got to go repeat new OC, new quarterback, a lot of parts that were replaced, but you've recruited top five classes, it seems like, since Kirby's been there. I think they actually have. So Georgia won until that somebody knocks them off. Um, and I like Michigan too. You know, Ohio State, Tom Luganbill pointed out a lot of those young defensive players two years ago are now growing up. Um, now they lost a 
they lost quite a bit too. I mean, they got the best receiver in the country. Um, but you know, Hey, Jim Harbaugh owns Ohio state right now after not being able to beat them. <laughs> so I kind of like those as probably the top three, Bobby, um, Texas starting 12. I mean, you know, to me, just flip a coin between 12, 15, 16, 17, realistically, I, I think Texas is anywhere in that group. Um, uh, but I, I thought I, that's my, my thoughts. I like Georgia, Michigan to start the year. I, Question for you, Jerry. Does Jamal Charles still hold the thirteen or the uh, one ten hurdle record with like a thirteen one seven or something ridiculous like that? I, I don't know. I'd have to look that up. Yeah, that, that's the state record I'm talking about. Um, yeah, Texas starts at twelve. For me, I think that anywhere between eight and sixteen is about where Texas should start. Not necessarily where they're finished, but where they should start. So I'm fine with it. All right, let's move on here. This next one is from Brandon Rothman. Thank you, Brandon. And he says, what do we need to do offensively and defensively to beat Bama this year? Also, how does their O-line match up against our D-line? I, I think Bobby and I, I think we might all have different uh, opinions on this. Um, I actually think the most important part of the Texas uh, for Texas offensively is the Texas offensive line. Because Alabama is going to bring it. And I know Texas has more weapons, and they can spread you out a little bit more this year. But that places an emphasis on pass protection with your tackles, your guards, and your center, more so than when you ran different formation. I think Texas offensive line, protect keeping Quinn relatively clean and allowing him to step into throws with those quicker feet is really going to be key, more so than running the football um, I think the offensive line and pass protection is going to be huge in that game. I think they're going to try to lean. I think the big piece, the, their right side of the line is how big, Jerry? Mm. I mean, the offensive line for Alabama. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's J.C. Latham and Tyler Booker. And Tyler Booker is the square shoulders at 320 you've ever seen. I mean, that's a couple of first, second round pick guys. Along with the tight end on that side. Yeah. So they're going to lean on Texas a little bit. That 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 will be tough. Um Offensively, I, I agree with the – I'm interested because, look, Pete Golding's not at, at Alabama anymore. And I think I think it, that Nick Saban is going to try to change up his defense just a, just a hair this year because he's, he's seen some people shred it too much, to be honest. I think he puts too much on his defensive backs. Um, I mean, he's had first and second rounders, and he's still been shredded the last five years. So it's not the talent level back there. It's that he puts them on too much of an island. Uh, it's, especially the safety is too much of a disadvantage, in my opinion. Um, so I, I'm interested to see what they do on defense. I don't know yet, Brandon, to be honest. Um, their their O-line, the right side of it, is ridiculous. I mean, and the left side forced Tommy Brockermeyer to transfer. So so that 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 should tell you a little bit, right? So they're they're pretty stout. All right, guys, another one here. This one from McBoogerballs5112. And he says, from what you guys have seen practice-wise, in your opinion, has Worthy gotten better at tracking the football? Um, I can't say I've seen enough to have an opinion on that, yeah. Bobby. Um, I, I think he's healthier. That might give him a chance. But here's the thing. I don't think he's going to be asked to do that as much this year. I think that's going to be A.D. Mitchell, hopefully Nayor's healthy enough, and whoever's world it is, maybe get some run. 
uh, uh, deep down the field vertically. I think that what's going to be asked of Xavier Worthy is to use his skill set, maximize what he does best. And that's a lot of in and outs. That's some double moves, right? But that is really just creating separations out of cuts in the intermediate game and playing on the move. I think that is his strength, and I fully expect Sark to use that and maximize that this year. I'd like to see him do a little bit more of what he did against Washington when he dropped the one over the shoulder, except not drop it. That was down the down the seam. You get him in that scenario against guys, that safety has no chance. No chance. And it does, and I on just about any level. I mean, that, that dude can – he's got a gear now. Well, we're going to go back to the Alabama game for a minute here, guys. Jimmy Trevino says, lots of journalists and reporters, including Greg McElroy, have picked UT over Bama. Now that you've seen the Horns practicing, update on wins for, win predictions. Over nine and a half. I've been at 10, um, but that includes – I mean, I, I'm one of those guys. I, I, I include Big, 10, Big 12 championship game and possible any, in bowl game. I think Texas is a 10 and 4, 11 and 3, 12 and 2 type team. I I don't see it being less than 10 though. If it is, they've had a, an issue at quarterback. Um a ball had bounced the wrong way on a key play somewhere. They they're they're really really talented guys. Yeah, and uh as far as that, I think look I said it this morning on uh, we had a live show, but you know, I I talked to somebody yesterday and um, pretty locked in over there, and they think Ty Simpson's going to be the starter. So that would be – we'll see if that – I'm not saying they're not going to play two quarterbacks, but I think a lot of people like Texas over Bama, even though Bama hasn't lost at home at night since 2015 to Hugh Freeze and Ole Miss because lack of experience at quarterback. And Bama still is very talented football team, but the difference between Bama now – and when Steve Sarkeesian left Bama, and it's not because Steve Sarkeesian left Bama, they had four first-round picks at wide receiver. They could literally overwhelm you with their offense. They cannot overwhelm you with their offense anymore. So Nick Saban has to adjust back, and he's that's what's made him one of the best that's ever done this. But defense is going to have to win them more games, I think, especially early in the season. And so Texas rolls in as a very experienced team with a returning quarterback. I think that's where a lot of people are going with their predictions. All right. Robert Muhammad put in a super chat, and he says, what's the chances Malik and Art stay in 24 if one of them's not – I mean, obviously one of them's not going to be starting, but the chances both stay. Well, I, I think he means if, if Ewers leaves. Yes, um, that too. Yeah. Um, so I think Arch stays no matter what. I don't I don't think he because he's still got years to develop. I mean, this is not he's a long term play. I mean, people need to understand that Malik is, is potentially a different story. But, you know, he, he showed a lot of uh, a lot of uh, loyalty, I think maybe is the right word about staying this time. Uh, you know, he had opportunities to go elsewhere. People were trying to I mean, I don't know if it's out there. I, I can't really. You know, Malik hasn't told me this, but I believe that he was trying. Some people tried to encourage him to go to the portal. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I I think that I don't know that I see both of them staying if one of them isn't the starter. If one of them's the starter, then that changes. 
Like if Ewers comes back, I, th- I think I think you could probably see Malik leave. Maybe I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, look, I I'll just tell you this much: me and Jerry and I talked about this arm strength. Let's talk about this, Jerry, because we looked yeah. at it. Malik has the strongest armor on the team. Arch is second. Quinn is third, in my opinion. Just so everybody has that out there. And that's not a knock on any of them. No, they're all pro arms. They're all NFL arms. So, Quinn feathers it better than than the other two. Right. But let's let's be clear about that. But um, I, you know, here's just my opinion. If Quinn has a great year, goes pro, I think you see a quarterback competition in the spring. Nobody's going to be named the starter, no matter what the thought process is. Then you're going to see a quarterback competition in August, headed into the season and somebody will be named the starter. So do I think any either one of those guys transfers before the season? I don't see that in a scenario. But I think who starts that season and takes those reins leads. That's how this progression works the majority of the time. Nobody's going to – if Quinn goes pro and there's a competition, who's going to leave when you're in a competition to be the starting quarterback at Texas? I don't think you're leaving as long as there's a competition. I think after that competition concludes is when you see somebody leave. Hey, Jerry, I have a question for you from the uh, Inside Texas message board. Since you're going to uh, Duncanville on Thursday, is Jerry going to wash his shirt before Thursday (laughs) or go in wrinkled, prepared for the worst? (laughs) Well, you know, that's a great question. And luckily for me, I have four shirts that are the same if I can find them. Um, So hopefully (laughs) I have one of each. (laughs) And I can decide two hours before. Uh, hey, and as hot as it is, if I'm on a practice field that morning, I'm going to need three shirts for the day. Okay, let's be real. <laughs> All right, here's a great question uh, regarding OU, actually, and it's in regards to y'all's interview with Tom Luganville, who y'all had on On Text Football. Great interview, guys. If y'all haven't seen it, you need to go check it out. But it's from Jerry's GPS, one of my favorite usernames on the chat. <laughs> in regards to Luganville's comment about OU being. Go- being behind going to the SEC, how long do you think it will take for them to make up ground or be where they quote unquote should be? Well, they're trying to get there in a hurry in this 24 class. That's why you have seen such an emphasis on the defensive line. They know they lack SEC size up front on defense and they know it's not just a front line, but depth. Uh, So they're in a race against time right now to really get there from a defensive line standpoint. And even if they knock it out of the park with these high school kids in 24, they're going to be really young in year one on the defensive line. So they're going to take some lumps, uh, giving those time guys time to grow up. Um, so that that's kind of my take is they got to – I agree with Lugs. They got a ways to go. Texas looks more like an SEC team up front right now. I want to, I want to check in with OU um, because we – we haven't got enough good intel on what they're looking like this year. I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going to I'm going to check in with OU and see if I can't bring something back to hit, to inside Texas and on Texas football. There you go. Uh, we hey. have a super chat from Football Junkie. He says, "Does PK scheme fit the SEC? How much was involved in guys like Hill, Muhammad, Derek's recruitment, Simmons' recruitment?" Um, does it fit the SEC? I think it fits the SEC, Bobby. Here's why. I actually talked to um, um, I, I talked to somebody who's one of the top D-line trainers in the country. Today. I was kind of asking about Colin Simmons and scheme fits. And he said he 
what Texas does is the bigs are space eaters. That doesn't mean they're not pass. That doesn't mean they're not athletes. And then the edge guys are vertical guys, and they are attacking, right? Um, and But Bobby said playing a little bit more man behind that this year. Um, I, I tend to think I tend to think the scheme fits the SEC as long as the edge guys can get after the quarterback. I think that's really the key in moving in that conference with the scheme. And the other piece of that, Jerry, is the, the SEC likes to play bully ball because if yeah. you can't stop the run, that they, they like to play the extra they like to play man coverage so they can bundle up against the run um underneath and really use the safety with it. But uh Anyways, such big, big, big guys on both sides of the line is the biggest issue in the SEC. Um, you either have them or you don't. Um, as far as PK's involvement in recruiting guys like Hill, Muhammad, Derek Williams, those guys were all involved. But PK is not a heavy one-on-one recruiter. Just to be right. clear, um, he is a—he's kind of the the—I uh, don't want to say the strong, silent type, but he's—he's he's the guy that's kind of behind the scenes, calling the plays. Uh, there are other guys more vocal, Jeff Choate, Bo Davis, uh, Blake Gideon. Uh, those guys a little more, more vocal uh, on the field. Well, we got a few more super chats we need to hit today, guys. This uh, next one from UT Boy, and he says, Jerry Hamilton, I heard Mizzou is leading for Wingo over Tennessee. Your thoughts on that? Look, I think uh, Missouri, they're trying to make a run at uh, Williams in the one area, uh, trying to beat out OU for him. Uh, Missouri's really working hard with Ryan Wingo. Look, they've won some of these recruitments in the past. Doriel Green Beckham, who Bobby and I can both speak to, heard that, that, was, that was considered a must-get recruit for Missouri because that dude was going to go to Texas or Arkansas. Daryl Wyatt really had Texas in on that uh, with, with a, more than a fighting chance or Oklahoma um, was in there like they always are in, those, in the state of Missouri. Um, so Missouri's won some of those. Obviously, the receiver a couple of years ago, the really talented you know, sophomore um, so they win some of those recruitments. Um, I, let's see. I think the longer Wingo plays out, the tougher it is for Missouri in this one. Normally, I would I say the, home, the home school has more of a chance the longer it plays out. With this one, I'm not so sure. I, I, I think the longer this plays out, that means he shows up at Texas for a September visit. He shows up at Tennessee. And unless Missouri has a really good season on the field where it looks like they're going to ascend under Drinkwitz, who I think is a really good coach, it's just a really tough job then I think that gets tougher. Yeah, the, the the signing day commitment for him does not bode well, in my opinion, for Mizzou if Mizzou does not have a good year. Yeah. All right, our next Super Chat is actually from CJ. And CJ says, hey, Jerry and Bobby, what did you guys think of Aaron Williams as the prospect and his career at Texas? I feel like he doesn't get enough love when we mention some of the best defensive backs to come out of Texas. Uh, well, I thought he had a great skill set because he was physical. He had reactive quickness. He had body quickness. Um, he could play forwards. He could play back, and he could play when he had that turn and transition. I thought he was an excellent prospect, um, and I thought he obviously had good enough ball skills. But I really liked – I don't know about Bobby. I really liked his physicality at that age coming out of high school. I think I ranked him the top 35 player in the country and ended up going, what, early second, late first? I can't That remember. was a bad miss, Bobby. A bad yeah, miss. just horrible. <laughs> I liked him. <laughs> I liked him. Uh, I mean, I, I like his dad, too, by the way. His dad is a tremendously yeah. nice person. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice guy, for sure. Uh, we're down to our last Super Chats. I'm going to group them together. They're both from Jay the Activist. First, he says, 
OU fans are saying they're going to the college football playoff, Bobby. What I have to say, what I have to say about what I have to say about that is anybody can buy a ticket and go watch if you have enough. Money. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't see that. I don't think I, any I, of us. They do. have too many holes. And even if they patched them up in the portal, which I think they did a little bit, that that, that would be just unbelievable. Um, OU's defense personnel, I think they, they added three defensive linemen uh, yeah. from the portal this year. They added Reggie Pearson, the safety from Texas Tech. They've added some guys, but man, they they need they needed more than four guys a year ago. So Peyton Bowen is back there now. He he could see some time uh, early in the season. Uh, the young man from Denton Geyer. I, I just I think they're a year or two away from from Brent Venables having all the pieces and them being older and the age they want them to be. Hey Blake, I want to hit something real quick. Uh, Trevor Collins has asked about Kai Woods the last two or three cha- uh, chats. Uh-huh. Uh, Kai Woods walk on had a good spring game. Look, he, he's just behind some other guys. I mean, good player. Um, walk on at Texas, good player. Uh, but look, there's a lot of talent in that running back room, and, and those guys are scholarships. Yeah, it's going to be hard for Kai. Kai. Kai is a good emergency running back, though. Yeah, somebody asked about Gary Patterson. Not we, We've reported on that. Not going to happen. Not expected to happen. All right, two quick hitters there. Okay, guys, uh, let's go to the last couple of questions here, then we better wrap it up. This first one. From RB and the Rock 09, against who and what do y'all need to see to legitimately see Texas as a contender for the college football playoff spot? Win the Big 12. I mean, look, they could go lay an egg at at Alabama and still come back and win the Big 12 and be a good football team capable of going to the college football playoff. Um, That's just my opinion. Uh, they may not be hitting on all cylinders early on offense. Uh, so that's that's really what I need to see as a Big 12 championship. Um, for me, early in the season, doesn't, it doesn't mean win or loss at Bama. I, I need to see Quinn look like a first, second round type of guy. If Texas has that level quarterback, you got a chance because you got weapons. And then I want to see the pass rush. And I'm talking interior. And the edge players. I, I mean, but I think Texas interior may not be quite as good against the run, but I think they have a chance to be much better as pass rushing unit. Um, older Byron Murphy, older, and I don't even want to say anything else, Alfred Collins. Um, I think Tavondre Sweat has a little ability there um, as an older player. Um, I think they have some guys that can get after, that can be more disruptive inside. But then it comes down to the edges. Um, if you have a better pass rush this year, and your quarterback plays like a guy that could be drafted in the first or second round. I think there's enough around them to where Texas has a shot. Hey, Jerry, before, Blake, before we go to the next one from uh, Inside Texas Message Board, what's our record if the following people remain healthy? Ewers, Banks, Worthy, A.D. Mitchell, Jatavian Sanders, Baron Sorrell, Jalen Ford. I Look, I still think it's 10 wins minimum, uh, but all in, not just regular season. Okay, this is this was actually pro, I think the first question asked tonight, and I've actually saved it to be the last question unless the super chat rolls in. Uh, this one from Jarrett Johnson, and I really like it. 
He says, with all the West Coast teams joining joining East Coast conferences, what are your thoughts on the impact of the student-athlete? Not just football Saturdays, but most sports, like basketball, baseball, play multiple games a week. Well, that West, that West Coast travel to Big Ten country is going to be tough, Bobby. Dude, it, it's not easy to get to Iowa City. Right. I mean, I'm just going to put that out there for folks. I mean, it, it's not easy to get to State College. They have an airport there, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. The, the one thing I would say uh, out of all of this is that it's becoming more and more clear to me that football likely needs to pair off and create its own entity as opposed to a conference type affiliation. You know, if, if it weren't for football, I don't know that Texas would want to be in the same basketball conference as, I don't know, Vanderbilt. It, that doesn't make as much sense right. to me. Right. Um, and so I, I almost wonder if these league affiliations aren't best served for college football only, and then you could – you could run out the rest of it on the back end, but there's so much money at play right now. Who knows? I, I'm not, I'm not in those rooms and I don't know the, the dollar figures. I, I will say what's interesting to me is, and look, we're talking about 18 to 22 year old, 23 year old kids. And people are like, Jerry, they're young. What are you talking about? But the one thing about the sec is you, you're only moving one time zone over at, at most, at most, maybe. at most, there's going to be some heavy travel. When you start heading west, west starts heading east. You know, that's a little different from a time zone mm -hmm. standpoint. And yeah, it's these guys are making millions. They're getting paid millions. And I may make a millions of universities. And I get all the arguments, but that that's still a little different game than what we've seen in college sports as far as a conference goes. Yeah. Think about Oregon playing Rutgers. That's going to cover four time zones. Yeah. <laughs> It's insane to think about. I mean, and so think about basketball legs. So he was talking about other sports. You have one football game a week. Think about basketball legs. Think about your volleyball, your other sports. I mean, the scheduling is going to be very interesting in the Big Ten, too. And I, I don't know if y'all saw it, but a lot of the Pac-10 or Pac-4, whatever you want to call it now, uh, I don't even know what their official name is going to be now, but a lot of their former softball players actually took to social media to discuss this. And there was nobody at all in favor of it. Of course not. Why would Oregon play Rutgers in softball? That's what I'm saying. I said basketball, but you could use, you know, does women's volleyball really need to go to Georgia? I mean, I, I'm not, and I'm not being sexist or whatever here. I'm just saying, look, that, that, Part of the reason for these conference affiliations now are financial. Yeah. Think about that. They're financial. So if there's no financial gain for Texas rowing to go to, I don't know, Mobile, what's the what's the purpose, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, there's no financial benefit of that. Uh, C. Clear asks, who do you have Texas playing in the Big yep. 12 title? That, that's going to be the final one. I have Kansas State, Bobby. I like Texas Tech okay. right now. Yeah, if Tyler Slough can can uh, stay healthy, uh, Chuck, excuse me, can uh, stay healthy, or even with Baron Morton, I, I think they're they're yeah. better on defense than people realize. I think they have the second or uh, third or fourth best roster in the league. 
I, I think they're they're a little something there. They can give teams like tech, they can give teams like Kansas State problems. Definitely. Well, twenty five more days, guys, and it all starts. It's Two more days, believe. Blake. Two more days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the On Texas Football live stream. We want to thank Energy Texas, of course, and then everybody that put in a super chat. Again, bear with me. Very long list tonight. Edmund Lee, UT Boy, Jimmy Trevino, Z from the T, Poke Casino, Robert Roberto Weller, excuse me, uh, John Campbell, Ken Ward, Opethian, William Neese, Justin Yarborough, Mike Gosnell, Ted Price, Forrest Elridge, Jay the Activist, UT Boy, Doug Dodson, uh, Jimmy Trevino again, McBoogerballs512, Freelance Society, <laughs> Brandon Rawson, Robert Muhammad, Football Junkie, CJ, and last but not least, C Clear. Thank you guys for all the super chats. Of course, don't forget to head on over to InsideTexas.com for all the latest and greatest Longhorn coverage and recruiting news. And then uh, be sure to hit that like and subscribe button. We would definitely appreciate it. So for Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton, I'm Blake Monroe, and we'll see you next time.